Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are discussing vanity metrics. Uh, We've already done a podcast on metrics, but in this one, we're going to take a deeper dive into some of the details. So, with that, let's start the show. So, Sean, um, I figured um, I ran across an article here about, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and it talked a little bit deeper about uh, about metrics, you know, which is, you know, pretty important to the quality arena. And, you know, episode four, we talked about uh, uh, metrics, but we kind of talked about them in a very broad uh, perspective, um, kind of skimmed the surface. I wanted to kind of dive a little deeper uh, into metrics and specifically talk about the concept of what a lot of people call vanity metrics. And so I guess what I mean by vanity metrics is is thinking about what you really what you really need in your environment. Um, you know metrics is one of those things that um, a lot of times people can go um, overboard with with how they're using them, uh, with what they're doing with them, with what they're trying to measure, uh, how long they stay in the environment, you know, reading them, what are they telling you, things like that. So, so I wanted to kind of dive, dive a little bit deeper. I guess my first question for you, and we can ask me this, the, the question too, is so currently in your environment, what kind of metrics are you, are you all are you all keeping? Do you have high-level metrics? Do you have mid-level metrics? Do you have any very detailed low-level metrics in your environment? Well, right now, and we're beginning our lean journey through um, the operations area of the company that I'm in, and right uh-huh. now we've only got a few um, key metrics, and, and it's the metrics that we believe support our customers. Okay. Uh, the, the main one is is an on-time delivery. And we're the same way. We've got right. we've got just one, uh, I guess what we'd call a KPI, Key Performance Indicator. Um, we've got one that's focused on on-time delivery also. Now, I think the other part of this is, you know, at that strategic high level, there's usually financial metrics that people are measuring. Um, and those aren't really the ones that I'm wanting to discuss too much about other than realizing that they're, they're, they are important to a balanced scorecard. Finance uh, is important to a, a balanced measurement health of the company. But I think more or less the ones that I'm kind of talking about are the ones in kind of the other areas of the business because the financial ones are ones that um, people always seem to come up with and they always use all the time. Well, yeah, and I go back to maybe something we talked a little bit about in episode four is is those financial metrics are the outcomes. Yes. For the most part, they're, they're the outcomes. And, and I'll go back and I'll reiterate my main purpose when looking at metrics is to, to get the leading indicator. Even even the metric that I just said was was on-time delivery. Um, that's that's the that's the lagging indicator, the lagging metric. So what are the leading indicators and the leading pieces of information that I'm looking at to make sure that the outcome of being on time for the customer is achieved. So that's, that's, and that's the hard part. That's the hard part is to look upstream of what you're doing to ensure your outcome is what you expect. Uh, right. Back, not to rehash a little bit, but uh, one thing that I would like to um, guard against and, and have the folks that, that listen 
you know, look out for things that, that people are calling metrics, things that, that are easy to, to uh, collect might be considered metrics from some group just because they can get them easily and they know that they're good. So, so what you should be collecting is data that actually means something, not yes. just collecting data for, for the purpose of saying, hey, I've got these metrics and look at how good we're doing against them. That, that isn't the, the benefit of the whole idea of having key performance indicators like you mentioned. Yeah, so, so is it bad, do you think, to have a series of metrics that says, hey, here's our temperature and here's how well we're doing you know, up and down? Is it bad to have a series of those, do you think? At different levels of the organization, I think you have to have a series of, of metrics that give you the pulse. The of health, your, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the health of, of your organization at that level. Right. You know, so, so, you know, one of the, one of the leading indicators would be, might be, you know, in a shop environment, how often do you have guys calling in sick? Right. Okay. So, so that's, that's fine. You have that at the shop level. You don't have that at the, at the organization, you know, the higher levels of the organization. You don't say, Hey, we're, we're, we're down to, you know, one man week a year of, uh, of unexcused absences, which really helps our schedule because we could, we can schedule those folks to work the days. Right. You know that that would be that would be you know an indicator at a certain level, um, at that shop level that I've got the resources necessary to fulfill the hours on a particular job, which then ultimately get it out on the time that I expect it to. So so each each level of metric should build. Um, you know, accounting should have metrics at the lower levels of you know how fast they turn around payments. Yeah. Okay. Um, some companies, unfortunately, say how slow they turn them around because they think holding on to cash is, uh, is a better way of going. But you know what? That, <laughs> that, 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 that eats your lunch later on because your suppliers will get soon tired of that. Well, and that's, so. that, that brings up a good point is you've you got to make sure you understand uh, whatever you're measuring uh, is giving you the feedback that you want, the yes. information that you want. But I think something to, to, to uh, help, uh, help guide this conversation, when we talk about vanity metrics um, we're, ta- we're, we're talking about those metrics that usually are trying to make you feel good uh, they usually provide interesting information but do they really pass the, the test of, of so what what is that getting me and, and I think that that's the thing that we've got to keep in mind and I, I think it's okay to have some vanity metrics but you've got to make sure you've got some metrics in your environment that are helping you guide the ship, make changes, uh, helping you um, ensure that you, you're doing things the right way to develop the organization. And I think that those are the, the metrics that really give you true benefit and true, true value. And, utilize, and usually those metrics are probably not going to need to be managed or kept very long. You're usually trying to to drive towards a change or understand uh, something that potentially needs to be changed, and you're just trying to gather data, show those metrics, and make a decision off of them. Absolutely, I think that's a very good distinction, Les. What, yeah. what are the metrics that you're you're collecting to to understand your health in whatever level of the organization you're in? But also, what are metrics are you collecting in order to make a change? Right. And, 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 if, and if it's at that level where you're collecting metrics to make a change, yes, there is a time limit on how long you should be collecting those because then, then after you understand what needs to be done, 
you make that change, okay, the issue that was raising the the hits on the metric that you were collecting uh-huh. shouldn't be, shouldn't be there anymore. So you shouldn't need to collect that type of data. So understanding understanding the difference, I think, is 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 key. And I go back to the adult in the room. You need leadership that that can have a conversation like this that understands. Hey, we're collecting information here for this specific purpose. Right. We're collecting information over here for this specific purpose. You people that perhaps have to provide that information into a database or or you know hit a button that we'll, we will be able to collect through some automated system and, and I and I put in there automated system because you would want to make sure that you're collecting data as a as a peripheral uh, duty or or process outside and you know somewhat alongside the product making process right so you know, just to, to give an example of, of what we're talking about as far as a metric that would be uh, not a vanity metric, uh, in, in my particular case, we had a, we had a meeting just today um, where we have got an issue somewhere in our process between the point at which a design is done and the point at which the shop floor is receiving parts and going to start assembling and there seems to be some sort of gap between the design and what's out on the shop floor to where the shop is actually saying well this part's not what I need replacing it and getting a different one or they're saying I didn't get all the parts I need and can you get me this one on order and um, you know we're having we've got a gap somewhere so I said okay look time out time out we're going to do two things one we're going to understand the current state together so in other words we're going to figure out how the process flows from design into the shop and who's validating who's loading it in the system who's creating the bill of material who's checking all those kind of things but two on the on the back end of the of the process we're going to create a very simple check sheet and that guy that owns the product out on the shop floor is simply going to take this check sheet which could be divided up into some categories you know as to what is what he's receiving wrong is it you know a part that doesn't exist totally is it a part he needs to switch out you know whatever and he's going to simply put a tick mark every time this happens on a particular order and we're going to see what reality is as far as what they have to deal with on the shop floor. And, and of course, the whole room was like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I want to know that. And I'm like, really? That's the really? right answer? <laughs> you don't want to know? So um, there's an example of, of putting a simple um, check sheet in place to gather some data and be able to see maybe on three, four, five jobs – what the rate is at which we've got this problem so that when we're looking at current state and we're starting to put some things in place to help mitigate it, are we getting better? And at some point, the hope is, if you're doing things correctly, that process will start to come down as you're instituting some of these changes to create a a new future state. But you only know that if, one, you've gathered some data beforehand to realize that it truly is an issue because, you know, you don't want to go by your gut. And two, when you start instituting some of these changes, did it truly get better? So you want to do a gut check there as to, you know, 
did it really help the process? Because, you know, you can, of course, as a leader, turn away and go, oh, yeah, I implemented this. It's obviously got to work. Well, <laughs> no, you got to prove it. Exactly, exactly. So so that's a great example of the difference between, you know, I think some of the um, high-level metrics we were talking about uh, in episode four where you're looking at kind of the health of the organization as opposed to a metric that you may only need to keep around for, you know, a couple months in, until you kind of get some good data to show both ends of the spectrum and then you let go of it. You, you don't want to keep that metric forever unless, again, let's say six months down the road, you know, you're you're tuning along at a certain level, and then all of a sudden it, you want to make it better. So maybe you will start gathering some more metrics again at that point. The theory will be that you've probably got issues in other areas, and maybe you need to track something else. That's that's true because, yeah. as, as we all know, by implementing, you know, change and improvement, right. you know, that, that process, that process should have been improved and, and that issue should not pop back up. But right. that, that was a great example of, of seeing an issue and then figuring out what you should measure in order to make a change. Well, I noticed you smiled. Do you have that in your environment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think we're on video because, yeah, I was holding my head and smiling. That is the exact same issue. You know, and a funny thing is, is, is just so everybody knows, Sean and I are, you know, quite a bit, quite a distance apart from each other. So, um, it, it, it just goes to show you that these, these examples can happen in lots of organizations across, you know, any platitude of, of work or work style. Um, you know, that these same things come up no matter where you're at, what product you're building and what kind of work you're doing. So, right. so, um, so parts, yeah, parts. And, and, and that's why, that's why schedule for, for me, like I said, our main metric the, the lagging indicator is yes. to make sure that, that that the customer gets what, what they want on time. Now, I will admit <clears throat> that we do not have a problem actually meeting the customer's due date whenever we have something due. Yeah. The, issue, the issue, my issue here that I'm tasked with fixing is that when it comes down to it, it's an emergency and all resources go to getting that job out the day after tomorrow. Yes. When, when, it's, realized, when it's realized that, oh my goodness, we're... We're four days away from a delivery that has to happen in two days. Right. Well, then, then the the boomerang effect is well, the stuff that was supposed to be worked on for those two days doesn't get worked on, and then there's an emergency. You're chasing emergencies, so so um, on time delivery, but it's on time delivery to the customer, and then everything that 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 has to be in line in order for one customer to get theirs on time. All customers have to get theirs on time. That means material has to be on time. Material has to be right. So the metrics that fall out of that really are those sub-organizational metrics per either department or area, whatever you want to say. So everybody's got to look at what their input is in order to make sure that the job is ready to go out when the customer expects it. Well, and you, you bring up another good point in the fact that – so you've got a KPI that talks about on-time delivery, uh, and, so, and so do we. So, you know, something to keep in mind is that if you're, if you're doing this, so to speak, sub-metric where you're capturing some information, the theory will be if, if that process does improve and get, gets better, it's interesting to see if that kind of helps support one of your uh, upper-level metrics such as on-time delivery, that mm-hmm. it helps support that overall picture. So there is some hierarchy to some of this. As you, as you start to create 
you know, some of these metrics and push them in and pull them out, uh, you know, of the environment as you're trying to make the environment, uh, you know, more efficient and more, more effective. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, we do need to realize that uh, there are some, uh, there are uh, some importance to vanity metrics, you know, and whether that's the right word or not, um, but, you know, they, they do lend some value. But to realize that you don't want to just create uh, lots of metrics all over the uh, organization and try to keep up with them. Um, because I think, I think another thing that we need to touch on is the fact that you want to have metrics in place that are easily captured. You do not want to spend all your resource time trying to capture you know, data uh, when they should be doing drawings or manufacturing something or, or um, you know, or if, if the manager is out on the shop floor standing there trying to get information to build metrics, you're, you're disrupting production and things like that. So you really want to make sure that you, you come up with a very simplistic way to capture that data. Now, it'll, it'll have some level of disruption, but minimize it as much as possible if you can. Try not to make it somebody's full-time job. Right, and what, what I'm trying to do is make it part of our day. Yes. So, so the like out here on the shop floor, the morning meeting where we look at the schedule board and update and update the schedules of different jobs and the status of where they sit in the schedule. Um, there's feedback from the employees to mid-level and upper-level management, as well as as an ability for us to then feed to the the, the crew. You know what is happening. Right, a new customer. You know how long are we building something new? Because we we've got a we've got a model that has new equipment that we're building, older equipment that we're we're turning around and retrofitting, as well as a couple of different parts and things like that um, operations that we do. So so the time when I'm communicating and the shop leadership is communicating to the men and the ladies on the floor. Um, is a good time for that two-way communication to happen, and it really does not disrupt the day, and it kind of sets people off on the right, with the right attitude. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I think um, I think to kind of help summarize uh, some of the detail in these these metric thoughts, I think that that metrics should be based on your current challenges and uh, the map of your goals. So as your goals and your context change your portfolio of metrics should also change. So you really, I think a company needs to get into the habit of regular, regularly reviewing your metrics to ensure that they're, they're still valid and that they still meet your goal. I think that's a good habit to get into, especially your, your uh, KPIs, so that they don't become just ad hoc and stale and, and everybody just kind of ignores them and things like that. So make sure they're always relevant. Uh, and I, I think that you should hold to that no matter what level uh, of the metric, you know, what level the metric is in, whether it's, you know, a, a top strategy level metric or whether it's, you know, something that's helping support a process, you know. so Because then if you don't measure it anymore, um, does that mean to the to the people that, that you're trying to help, does that mean that their, their efforts are not as important as they used to be. If you had no change, I guess that's what I'm saying, is you don't want them to be stale where you don't collect and then report on the metrics because then the people that are doing that work, they can see and understand, well, okay, well, how important is this issue that I'm bringing up to the organization? Where does it fit in? So that's, that's another area where you know, that communication 
can happen, you know, at a morning toolbox meeting or something like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just wanted to just kind of touch base a little bit deeper on, on metrics than we did in our first podcast. And I wanted to just kind of go over uh, some areas that I think uh, as people start thinking about their metric needs, just just realize what you're trying to do and make sure that you understand what it's what it's driving, you know, and what your goal is. So, you know, one, to summarize from my standpoint too, maybe provide one more tidbit of, of information. I think you brought up the balance scorecard. Yes, and and balance scorecard is a is a good view of the organization, your your purpose, and the metrics that you gather to support that balance scorecard. Right. And I, I kind of wanted to go back to to my uh, example of on-time delivery and not having chaos with people trying to move from one job to the next job in order to, in order to get it out uh, because it's behind. Well, the, the other side of that balance scorecard is the people side. You know, there's, there's four boxes in the balance scorecard, the customer, financial, the people and the process, right? And and when and when you when you jerk the people around, day after day, week after work, week, mm-hmm. um, you will you will lose that energy from that people quadrant of the balance scorecard. So it does all tie together. It does, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So understanding, you know what what the both sides of the sword are, you know, because it can drive maybe some uh, cultural aspects that you might not want in your environment. So you got to be, you got to kind of be careful. So um, why don't we go ahead and uh, get into our picks of the week? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first unless you're wanting to go first. No, go ahead. You okay. go first because mine, mine will be the nightcap. There you go. <laughs> so um, you heard me say it earlier, but uh, I think one of the most underused tools uh, in kind of the quality uh, arena is a simple check sheet. And I think that um, uh, utilizing these simple check sheets to um, uh, gather your, your needed data uh, is something that people need to reevaluate and, and use more often. Um, uh, and keep it simple. I mean, really keep it simple. We have such a tendency in, in this day and age with electronics and everything to try and automate as much as possible. In this particular case, and believe me, I'm, I'm a geek at heart, so uh, I, I try to do the same thing. But in this particular case, this is a fine example where you really should have a clipboard and a pencil and somebody puts a tick mark just so you can gather some information that will quickly help you. Um, make decisions. You know, keep it very, very simple. So I'm just throwing it out there as that's just a simple tool that people need to think about and possibly use to help uh, to help with their process. So that's my that's my pick of the week. What about you, Sean? You know, that is a good pick, and I, I'll just add a little commentary to it that um, maybe in a future podcast we'll talk about check sheets and lists and things like that and how they can how how they can kind of go wrong as well. Because when you said keep it simple, yeah. If, if you live too much on check sheets and don't update them and don't think about them, boy, they can get real cumbersome. And, and uh, I, I have seen that. I have seen that. Put it that way. Okay. So, so yeah. Maybe a future podcast for us. Yeah, you just uh, spurred me. But you're right. The check sheet and making sure that it's uh, it's updated and relevant is, is key. So what's your so, pick? Yeah, my pick is uh, – <laughs> yeah, I – I struggled. I struggled with this one. Unless says, "Well, what did you do?" 
this weekend that, uh, that we can talk about. Well, there's a place called Rock and Brews. Rock and <laughs> Brews. Rock and Brews, and it's um, go to their website. They have a uh, history of the of the organization and stuff. Basically, members of Kiss, the, the rock band Kiss, are driving this. Uh, Any of, anybody our age would know them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's a, you don't have to go there to drink. You go there to look, watch games. They have a ton of TVs, and they have uh, a nice outdoor seating area in all of the locations throughout the country, which I think is only about five so far. But um, A lot of fun, no, huh? And I have no interest in, in this place, no financial interest. So uh, <laughs> it's just a matter of uh, where do I go when I'm, when I'm in certain towns throughout the country, and that's, that's one of them. It's a big place to be. You know, my brother was a huge Kiss fan when we were growing up, and uh, we went to their concerts twice. <laughs> one of them, one of them, my parents actually came. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, that was back in the day. Yeah, so, right. uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, end the post- podcast here. I hope, uh, everybody in- enjoys the, the podcast and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week. Thank you.